words on water. This episode is brought to you by CDM Smith. CDM Smith is a privately owned engineering and construction firm providing legendary client service and smart solutions. The people of CDM Smith are inspired to think and driven to solve the world's environmental and infrastructure challenges. Connect with them at cdmsmith.com water. Welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop. We are going to talk about digital water and especially what the coronavirus pandemic has meant for digital water, what it may mean going forward for digital water. I'm very happy to be joined for this discussion by Amy Corvo. She is Vice President and Director of Digital Solutions at CDM Smith. Amy, thanks for coming on the podcast. Great. Thank you so much, Travis. I'm honored to be here. I am really looking forward to this conversation with you. We, we spoke a little bit beforehand, and there's a lot of fascinating and important angles to this for the water sector. Before we dive into it, when, when, when you hear the phrase digital water, what does that mean? What, it's, that's such a great question, Travis. Um, it's certainly one of those emerging terms in the industry for sure, right? But it's generated a lot of buzz and confusion uh, I think at the same time, and and part of that's because I think as an industry we we haven't even settled on a single term really mm-hmm. to represent it. You know, uh, it could be smart water, digital water, or intelligent water, or some mm-hmm. combination thereof, right? And so unfortunately, that creates so much confusion uh, in the process and trying to really get to the heart of what it is. Um, and the underlying theme, no matter what it's called, is it's really a collection of software tools that rely upon digitalization, that are really advancing that next form of digital transformation for the water sector. Um, And in in my opinion, the hallmark of any, you know, solid or strong digital water solution is that it builds upon, you know, what was once traditionally siloed data that maybe water or wastewater utilities were collecting, but but it's fueled now by either new sensors or new connected devices that were spurred on by, you know, IoT, uh, the Internet of Things. Mm-hmm. And it integrates them, integrates all of that information in real time, coupled with, you know, advancements in analytics. So that way, the end result is that you get more intelligent data, more actionable data uh, that you can then make, you know, stronger and better decisions upon. Thank you for uh, sharing that perspective. That's very helpful to hear. Uh, yeah, that term term issue, smart water, intelligent water, digital water, water with brains, whatever yeah. we want to <laughs> say about it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the coronavirus pandemic really uh, took off here in the United States back in, in mid-March and the water sector has certainly not been spared from the the impacts of that. I'm curious from your perspective how coronavirus has impacted interest in and just the landscape of digital water. 
Yeah, it, it, it's hard to talk in terms of 2020 without working in COVID, right? It's had such a long and uh, it's going to have a long lasting impact for us, I'm sure, in, in our culture. Uh, in the most immediate terms, I, you know, I, I would say I don't believe that this year, um, you know, that water utilities, wastewater utilities suddenly, you know, started embracing digital. There were many that were already on their way towards some type of digital transformation. But what I do think has happened is it it forced organizations to very rapidly accelerate or, or innovate at scale. Um, and I, you know, I read one report, I think it was the McKinsey report that stated in, in those early eight weeks, you know, in March and, and thereafter, most businesses and, and corporations advanced five years along wow. their, you know, digital journey. Uh, and it was it was out of brute force, you know, if you think about it. Um, and and that's mainly because technology was the only way for people to stay connected and businesses to continue operating. So so very quickly, everybody had to sort of scatter and, and really drive and um, push forward with technology without questioning or, or struggling with that typical analysis paralysis we all we all generally fall into when we have some time to uh, to test or examine things. Um, but I think in the water industry, what it did reveal is a growing uh, appreciation for digital in, in response to everything we're facing. I think most utilities appreciated digital, uh, but it was perhaps maybe viewed as a, as a nice to have as opposed to a, a necessary. And in the wake of COVID, there were some utilities that were able to really respond quickly and um, and suffered minimal impacts. And then there were many that were really struggling, um, you know, as they implemented their, you know, whether it was a continuity of operations plan or, you know, some type of emergency response plan, some of the, the deemed, quote unquote, non-essential workers that were sent home didn't, didn't even have the, the underlying infrastructure, really, to be able to do their work remotely. And, and by that, I mean, some organizations didn't have, you know, laptops or mobile mm. devices that were secured and and part of that particular utility. And uh, and so, you know, and and nobody could get a, a laptop at that point, right? They were <laughs> they were a hot commodity uh, with for a variety of reasons. So so not even having the necessary uh, infrastructure or secure VPNs for folks to dial into, or even ones that could handle the the number of of folks at home, you know, I mean, this was obviously just such a, a different experience uh, for the water industry as a whole and not not typically one that that worked outside of the uh, outside of the office or the plant. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it, it really posed an interesting perspective. And I think it gave water utilities a new a newfound level of confidence in and really sort of a watershed moment, so to speak, on recognizing their digital resiliency is something that also needed to be accounted for. Uh, and that, you know, that was part of that planning process as well. Um, and that, you know, I think many are, are starting to appreciate a variety of technologies in support of that, you know, whether they're embracing cloud a little bit more than they might have in the past, uh, or just really investing in technologies that enable them, you know, for future uh, scenarios like this. Yeah, well, the idea that 
so many entities out there jumped forward five years because they were forced to um, certainly yields a positive lesson that maybe we have <laughs> that that analysis by paralysis in a lot of ways can can uh, is something we should try to to set aside and just charge forward with change <laughs> at times. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm really interested in hearing a little bit more about uh, you know examples of utilities that that were more prepared and and able to better acclimate to remote conditions and and what benefits that provided to them. Yeah, so as I mentioned, I think some had started along this journey a little bit earlier. Uh, and so we're in a slightly different position to be able to um, to to be able to have their staff, you know, telecommute, right? And uh, obviously, um, everyone saw, you know, the the need to telecommute and video conference skyrocket, right? Uh, I mean, Zoom practically became sure. a verb in our, yeah. our modern day language. And uh, I read early on their their active user count jumped 340 wow. uh, percent in that in the early uh, in the early months. And Microsoft Teams, same thing. I mean that, you know, you can almost watch the 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 number of users increase tenfold. Uh, as the world basically began to shutter in place. Um, but the problem with that was that, you know, the majority of the water industry can't telecommute, right? Um, I, I think I read a statistic that there's about 70% or 70 upwards of 74% estimate that the water workforce uh, is in the, based on the roles can't telecommute. So what do you do at that point, right? Um, and there are some that can and, and do remote field monitoring and remote monitoring in general. And we've had uh, some clients that we've worked with that uh, one in particular here in New England, uh, Hartford MDC, and they were able to handle the remote monitoring of their collection system um, pretty seamlessly. Uh, they use a, a product of ours called Pipecast, and, and it's a remote monitoring cloud-based solution for them. Mm. Uh, and so they were, you know, there's no extra infrastructure. The IT department didn't have to do anything different when that, you know, those staff were were um, asked to stay work from home. And so they found that, you know, they get more done and can access the system because it's in the cloud, you know, 24 seven. Right. And because um, it's going to rain at night or, you know, you're going to have problems that occur at night or uh, or on the weekends, and, and this gives them the ability to to leverage that. So I think, you know, utilities that are able to pivot and move to that kind of remote monitoring of their systems uh, had a significant advantage um, and were able to, to do so. But, but, you know, that 74% of folks that I mentioned that couldn't really, you know, really struggled. I read some articles in the early stages where you know, there was one uh, utility, Cape Fear, public utility. They they had to bring in trailers uh, on site to allow their water operators to um, to be safe. You know, to quarantine safely uh, without exposing um, the risk of spread or anything. But but those staff are so essential. You know, they they really didn't have much of a choice. Well, that's um, uh, Amy. That's my my local utility. <laughs> I, oh, I, live, really? I live in Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, oh Cape, Fear, 
PUC uh, is my yeah. water utility. So yeah. uh, I definitely heard about them doing that. And, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, as a water professional, but then as a, a local customer, I was really proud of those people for showing their dedication to, to clean waters. Uh, awesome stuff. Right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I really, you know, when I read about that, I was so impressed with their ability to do that. But I know that that came at an expense, too. Mm-hmm. Right. And not every utility was able to uh, would be able to shoulder or bear that that expense in addition. And so I think some of the digital solutions um, that really started to, to to get propelled in the industry, I think right around the same time, I've seen a lot of you know, our industry is, has has played a lot with AR, um, uh, augmented reality, and in the industry to try to get more information to the users. But I, I saw a huge jump in that, um, and I, you know, over these past several months. And I think part of that is because so much has been used in the AR field in support of the emergency response and the and and the medical response actually to COVID. Uh, and cutting the the exposure and the risk down for doctors and nurses that you know that they're able to see more information and I think that that those advances have really uh, you know propelled the capabilities of some of these augmented reality devices whether we're talking the Hololens or uh, or we're talking some other uh, AR devices like Realware or some of those things and. We, we saw firsthand how that can really help those operators or those frontline workers that can't telecommute. You know, this, this provides an opportunity to, to keep staff safe, you know, um, in the situation where they are required to um, maintain certain distances. But you're able to deliver that first person perspective uh, to anyone that can dial in, you know, whether it's on a computer or um, or another mobile device or, or tablet, they can, you know, you can see and have others see without them being co-located. Sure. Uh, and, you know, we saw that um, down in Fort Myers and King County actually really pioneered some of this work early on as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, another added benefit of something like that uh, is that these devices really, you know, the benefit is that they're delivering information in a hands-free method, right? Uh, the operators don't need to hold another device and carry, you know, tools or additional information. And it's also providing really critical knowledge right then and there in the context of the equipment or processes that you're working with. And, you know, there's nothing more critical than preserving knowledge as well. But in an emergency time when you might be operating on a skeleton crew because of because of COVID this year, you know, making sure everyone has the knowledge and the consistent training is is a real real benefit of some of these solutions, you know, because they deliver that firsthand right to that that person in a in a very convenient way. And I, you know, I feel with the workforce gap that we're facing and you know the silver tsunami, uh, I think it's all the more critical that we find ways to get critical knowledge to uh, communicate it throughout the organization. And I think some of these solutions not only can be useful in a time like this with COVID, um, but also to support our industry moving forward and make sure that we are capturing and transferring the most critical knowledge in a very um, desirable, you know, way. It's transmitting that visually, you know, and 
I think next generations are coming in, they prefer to consume information visually, like right there in front of them, as opposed to perhaps, you know, the, the traditional methods of manuals and text based. So reading. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, you mentioned how some utilities that that had some digital water programs and so forth in place, how it benefited them. Were there utilities that in the midst of all this were just like, we need a solution quick. We need to be able to do something. Are there are there examples out there where uh, people just try to jump on this train because of, of the necessity? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think the main focus, uh, and rightly so, a, a lot of the digital water solutions that really, um, uh, in my opinion, showed the, the most growth in, in this short time frame were either geared towards uh, that, that underlying uh, infrastructure to support, you know, telecommuting, right, uh, whether it's networks or, or mobile devices, or there were, there were a lot, there's a lot more renewed focus on making sure uh, customer information systems and the outreach that, that utilities have towards their customers are really uh, top notch, right? Again, during during such a challenging time, transparency with the customers and making sure uh, that that there's open channels of communication are so critical for so many reasons. It's it's revenue is obviously a big concern, um, and you know from an an economy perspective, the water industry is certainly going to take a hit this year, right? Um, with with uh, with moratoriums put in place and and being sensitive to um, you know customers' uh, economical conditions, I guess. But at the same time, um, beyond just looking at the revenue, there's there's just the need to be able to proactively communicate uh, and and get the word out. I, I've seen a lot of discussion about uh, how much or how many utilities have been reaching out and really stepping up their public awareness campaigns simply on what not to flush, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's this massive growing trend of, uh, of um, pipers or, or, or clogs in the system because uh, whether it was really early on during, you know, I guess the famous toilet paper <laughs> incident of right. early 2020 <laughs> yeah. uh, where folks were hoarding it. And so uh, all sorts of items were being flushed um, and causing a lot of damage. Or, uh, or subsequently thereafter, right? Lots of cleaning products and um, and a lot of plastic gloves and everything, just things that obviously we all know should not be flushed, but for some reason uh, that, that seemed to miss the mark. So a lot of uh, agencies are really trying to step up that open transparency with their, their customers and digital water gives them that, that benefit twofold, right? Yeah. Um, communicating and also if you have monitoring systems in place you can capture that real time and hopefully prevent uh prevent some problems down the line sure well i'm curious for your tips and advice to utilities that now may want to try to move ahead you know maybe they maybe they didn't have anything in place before the pandemic maybe they haven't been able to do anything yet uh but clearly um, kind of the, the circumstances aren't really going anywhere yet, and um, it's just good to be prepared for whatever comes in the future. What do you think um, utilities could do to to move ahead, just to kind of get started? Right, it, it can probably be daunting to set up a whole digital water infrastructure at your utility, but but 
how could they get going on on this path? Sure. I think um, I think number one, our industry as a whole really could benefit from uh, from that that quicker uh, uh, mindset uh, shift of don't look for um, something that has to be uh, perfect. In other words, progress doesn't equate with perfection, right? And so starting small and iterating through is really, you know, we can learn a lesson from, you know, Silicon Valley and how a lot of advancements are are born out of that area. And, and that's really taking something from them, right? Which is, is um, learn and, and, and be willing to take that first step. Uh, because otherwise, as we joked very early on, we as engineers or or linear thinkers tend to kind of slip into that analysis paralysis. So I think number one is be, you know, be willing to test and learn from what happens and, and then maneuver that way. The other is, you know, a lot of um, digital water systems are start out by, you know, leveraging data, obviously. And uh, almost every water utility or wastewater utility has invested in the foundational elements of some types of systems, whether it's a GIS system or a SCADA system or a hydraulic modeling or, you know, any of those foundational pieces. And so taking a look at how best to uh, explore pulling those together and integrating those just takes that next step, uh, moves you so much further along that digital, you know, maturity uh, line, so to speak, or journey, because, you know, you're no longer looking at it from just one perspective. You're you're able to combine, you know, two data points and, and learn something much more valuable when you can integrate uh, one or two of your foundational systems and, and really looking at, at a whole picture as opposed to what was maybe traditionally siloed. Um, and I, I think that's that's one way to start is look at the data that you have and and how best can it be pulled together and integrated. And I think there's a lot of low hanging fruits there with which is some of those early integrations. Sure, sure. I guess lastly, I just wanted you to to pull out your crystal ball uh, <laughs> and talk about maybe what we will see in the future, you know, the reverberations of the coronavirus pandemic on digital water. Sure. Well, I I wish I had a crystal ball (laughs) and uh, I wish I could definitely predict the the future. The the one constant I I guess I can say um, is that, you know, Pandora's box opened with regards to digital, right? And the possibilities of digital. It, it really helped, as I mentioned, keep businesses operating and keep people connected. And so I think there's this new appreciation for digital and, and we won't be putting Pandora's box back, back in, right? Um, and uh, there's this great quote from uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And he said, you know, the pace of change has never been this fast yet it will never be this slow again. And mm-hmm. he made he made that statement two years ago. Can you think of, I mean, we've evolved so much in the past two years, let alone six months, right? Uh, think about what has happened in six months with regards to digital. Uh, that's only going to continue to grow. Um, so I think, you know, being more comfortable, more open and willing to explore digital 
uh, as a way, I think is is absolutely the direction. And I think, you know, one of the biggest benefits that that water, uh, the water industry can recognize is, you know, an openness to moving towards real time and to being in the cloud. I know um, there there was some hesitation on the adoption for that for a while. But as we've seen, those those organizations that were able to do that and secure it, obviously, uh, the right way, but were able to do that, really were able to keep things moving very, very efficiently. And uh, while I hope we never see another pandemic, uh, you know, with concerns related to climate change, we're certainly seeing flooding events happen more. We're certainly, you know, the wildfires uh, on the West Mm -hmm. Coast. I mean, there have been a lot of horrible things this past year. And uh, I would love to say they're all going to go away, but I believe that they're probably not. Uh, and so these types of solutions really can be an enabler uh, as opposed to, you know, technology being some kind of um, black box. And I, I think we'll start to see more and more of that as as time goes on and a more open approach to um, integrating data in real time, sensors and, you know, the cloud. Well, you try to say you don't have a crystal ball, Amy, but I think you've given us a lot of great uh, insights as to where things are and where they're going. So um, I I really appreciate your time and all this information. I think it's going to be something that the audience uh, really enjoys as well. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Travis. I really enjoyed our time together. Thanks for this great opportunity. Words on water.